0: In episode one of Scene in San Diego featuring Eater, we talk about San Diego's reopened dining scene and how the restaurant industry is adapting to the state and county restrictions, including social distancing, reduced capacity, and face masks. The new rules have changed the hospitality industry as we knew it, so we talked to San Diego's very own Sam the Cooking Guy about what it means for those trying to run restaurants and create that welcoming vibe, face masks and all. Also on deck, the launch of street-side dining in Little Italy in the Gaslam Quarter, and how one Little Italy restaurant handled an employee's positive COVID-19 case. You're listening to The Scene in San Diego, featuring Eater. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening. We are here with Scene in San Diego featuring Eater, our podcast that has been a dream of Candace and I's for a very long time. Um, you know, we always talk about how much we love San Diego, how much we love our food scene, how much we love the scenic scene part of San Diego, and how much there is to do in our city. And, you know, just like you guys, when COVID-19 reached our county, it kind of put Everything at a standstill for us, uh, not only with the podcast, but with our lives. Now, you know, a few months later, we're starting to get back. San Diego is reopening. We're starting to go back to restaurants, go back to businesses, go back to the places that we love. But obviously everything has changed and we are awkward and we don't know how to go back to these places the way that we used to be how how carefree we were <laughs> months ago so I know. Candace and who would have I, thought this would be the world i know it's it's really kind of crazy but we just think it's important we know at some point everybody wants to get back to some semblance of life it's not going to be the same we know that everything's changed we know that but It's also really important to be able to take care of yourself and go to these places that you love and feel a little bit of that normalcy again, Um, and we are going to be here to help you kind of navigate that and figure out really simple things like, how do I go to a restaurant in the middle of a pandemic, and what does that look like, and how do I go to Balboa Park or my favorite landmark in the middle of a pandemic, and how do I stay safe? I mean, all of these places have reopened, but everything has new rules, and Life is different. So we're going to try to help you navigate that and and hopefully be able to um, get a little bit of that part of your life back.
1: You know, after two months of home cooking, I think people are ready to go back to eat. (laughs) And, you know, two months of restaurants being dormant and sort of coming back to this new normal and having to navigate all the new rules. I just can't imagine what it feels like to own and run a restaurant right now. We spoke to Sam, the cooking guy, about what hospitality looks like right now at his Little Italy restaurant, Graze by Sam.
2: We didn't want the experience to change too drastically. Our tables are separated. There's less people that are able to sit in one particular area. We got a couple things sort of closed off, but we haven't closed them off with bleed tape or, you know, stanchions or any of that. It looks like Graze. You just can't sit everywhere and it's still very comfortable and enjoyable.
1: You know, you're seeing a lot of restaurants reopen over all over the country and you know, some seem to be fully back in action, operating regular hours, business sort of as usual. And I think some are are still a little bit wary. You know, they're they're still sticking to takeout which seems to work for some people, you know, either because they don't have the space to, you know, reopen as they should or uh, would like to or you know they deem that it's not worth the worth the risk and it's just such an interesting time right now. Uh, you know, to be just in the world in general, but I think, you know, obviously the restaurant industry will will not be the same for a, for a long time yet.
0: Yeah. I think you hit it on the head Candace. I mean, I think You're right, there's no, other than the restaurant guidelines, right, that the state has given to these businesses. Here's how you run your business efficiently. Here's how you do it safely. Here are the rules you need to have in place now. That's all concrete, but there really isn't a map to how to reopen your restaurant. And like you said, everyone's feeling differently about it. So it's just an interesting look out there. We can't tell you it's going to be this way at every single restaurant you go to, but You know, it's just—it's a hard time. It's a hard time for everybody right now. But it's exciting to see businesses trying to spring back and trying to figure out new ways to to operate and you know get back a little bit of what they used to have. It's so you know I'm talking to a lot of restaurants who,
1: you know, aren't quite sure how to offer the kind of hospitality. That they, were, that they were doing pre-COVID with all these new regulations. And I feel for them, you know, their they're employees are now on the front lines of, um, you know, monitoring and enforcing all of these new rules on top of their regular duties of, you know, being hospitable and welcoming to guests. It's such a strange world. Sam shared that his staff is working to create a welcoming atmosphere while wearing face coverings.
2: Wearing a mask takes away your smile and 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 any nuance that your facial expressions might bring. So you have to work extra hard at that. Before COVID, we had people saying, wow, your staff is really great." And I know a lot of restaurants get that, but we didn't want that to change because people were wearing a face mask.
0: And that's the whole point of the hospitality industry. I mean you are in that industry because you want to make people feel welcome and you want to share memories and space with people. And now it's all about social distance. The social aspect of dining out is is gone right now. It's, you know, you've got to just, you go because you love dining out and because you want to support small businesses and all of that. But yeah, so much of what that world is and so much of that outlet for people is is going to be really different these days. So I I wanted to talk to you a little bit, Candice, about the street side dining. That's been, you know, a definite emerging trend out of all of this in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, restaurants just really trying to extend their dining rooms out to the street, do a little, you know, European influence cafe, alfresco type of dining and how that's shaping up for our industry right now.
1: Well, I think, you know, we're lucky here in San Diego with our weather and there's, you know, we have ample outdoor seating and I think, you know, patio seating is obviously at a premium right now. And so we're starting to see, you know, neighborhoods throughout San Diego getting so sort of the dispensation to extend, uh, extend outdoor dining, you know, um, obviously restaurants have to operate at a reduced capacity inside the restaurant. And so they, you know, they lose quite a few seats. And if they have a patio, that's great. But if they don't, uh, this new outdoor dining initiative is allowing them to create a pop-up patio that extends onto the curb, onto the street, and so they can add maybe, you know, sort of get back to the original capacity that they once had. Um, Little Italy was the first neighborhood to sort of test it out, and they had about 20 restaurants participating. And that's all along India Street, right? Right, they closed a long stretch of India Street, and you know, by all accounts, as far as restaurant goes, the event was a success. You know, they reported that they had um, you know great business, and and it for the first time, it sort of came close to to pre COVID numbers. Um, you know, I think there's still because this is such a, a new phenomenon. I think there's still a lot of um testing sort of honing to be done as far as how to you know control the crowd and and make sure that people are following protocol but i think if if we everyone can get it figured out it could be a huge boon to restaurants i think little italy is planning on continuing to do this kind of alfresco dining event every saturday for the foreseeable foreseeable future
0: and that makes sense there you know i mean that's that's our city's dining hub right now. Pre-COVID, I mean, that place was up and coming. I mean, maybe not even up and coming. It was it was there. It was already there, you know? Um, so I think it was pretty natural for that to be the first pilot program of this, you know, how do we get the restaurant industry moving again type of thing, right? I think, I think people sort of commented
1: that it was appropriate to do in Little Italy because it made the streets sort of feel like you were in Italy. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that I, I would encourage people to make reservations, you know, I think wherever you go, it, you know, in this, in this uh, circumstance, I think it really helps restaurants to sort of know what to expect. And also, I think cuts down on, you know, the number of people waiting in line and a crowd that forms. Uh, so I would just advise to, to make reservations when you can.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and on that same note, I mean, people should know because restaurants are trying to limit capacity. You know, you might not always get that exact time that you want. You might have to shift a little bit and, you know, go when it's appropriate just to avoid avoid the crowd and be able to get in under all of the new safety guidelines, right? I've,
1: I've heard that. Neighborhoods like North Park and La Jolla and El Cajon, I think, are trying to start these as well. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how many communities can get this approved, uh, you know, and really if it does really make a difference to th- these restaurants, you know, sustainability. Right. That was the, the next neighborhood to sort of launch it. And they're doing uh, sort of an extended program, shutting down Fifth Avenue uh, Thursday and Friday night and all day Saturday. So that could potentially be a game changer for that area.
0: Right. And I know at launch when that uh, started about a week ago, they had a few restaurants that had gotten their permits approved. Um, and I heard, you know, they were rolling out AstroTurf. They had their tables out there. They were, like, getting really excited to try this out and see how that uh, could work. And, you know, a couple of those places were Barley Mash, which is a standout out there. Um, and El Chingon was also another one that, you know, was really ramping up its efforts to do the extended patio dining and all of that. So um, little by little, I think the plan is to add more and more restaurants you know, and kind of figure out if this is viable for them and, and something that's worth doing. But I think it's it's kinda of cool to to think about the gas lamp shutting down traffic right there. I mean it's so it's so busy normally and kind of interesting to to think about just it being more pedestrian friend, friendly and, you know, built for this kind of thing.
1: I think it's I think it's going to be, uh, you know, helpful also to even retail shops that are down there amongst the restaurants, because I think they're able to sort of bring their products out into the street and really make, you know, make the neighborhood a little bit more, you know, vibrant and people friendly.
0: Yeah, definitely. And as you mentioned, you know, other communities are going to follow in line. I know El Cajon is trying to do that in their downtown district. Um, also, Liberty Station reopened last week. And I know one of their big pushes was to also add some outdoor dining. Um, they're going to be adding about 100 tables in different quarters of Liberty Station where there are a lot of restaurants. 100 tables, 430 chairs, you know, all in hopes of also making that outdoor uh, dining program successful there. And uh, we talked about it. I mean, we think that's a, an interesting place to do that. There, There is a lot of room there and there are plenty of restaurants, so probably a good testing ground as well. Once you get into one of these restaurants, if you're comfortable enough to be dining out at this moment, um, and I just want to say it's okay if you're not. Not everybody is. And and it's just the times we live in. You know, you definitely have a lot to think about when you're making those decisions. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. So do know, though, you know, once you you go out, the restrictions and the rules and everything that, you know, you've been seeing at every business is the same at restaurants. You know, um, Candice, I know you've seen a lot of like the Distance barriers, plexiglass at places, um, you know, dining room reconfigurations, things like that. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: You know, I think it's I think it's great that restaurants th- that are reopened for dine in service are still continuing to offer takeout and delivery. Uh, I hope that's a continuing trend, uh, as well as the sort of th- the to go alcohol. I think that's a great. Um, Great thing for the industry, but yeah, I think although it doesn't taste the same if you mix it at home. I just want to throw that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually hearing that that drinks are take home drinks are stronger.
0: Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Is that because you have like a bar back at home, adding a little extra in for you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're just they're
1: just uh, you know adding a, 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 a great pour. Right <laughs> uh, for, their, for their takeout customers, but um, you know it's uh, it's such a new landscape out there, and you know we're we're start we're seeing you know restaurants are obviously taking tables away, and if they can't, you know physically remove the table, they're seating seating diners at every other table, or they're putting you know plastic plexiglass barriers in between and and uh, you know obviously we have the mask ordinance which uh, you know requires diners to wear them if they're whenever they're not sitting at the table and eating and so I, you know I think that's one issue that's maybe been a little bit of a challenge for restaurants to enforce you know reminding people to take their masks with them when they go to the restroom or walk around the restaurant. But I think it's all just sort of a a big trial and test for restaurants and diners to see how we can sort of exist in this new, new normal.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, as patrons, we've got to understand that, that everyone's like learning on the job, you know, like everybody is just kind of trying to figure it out. And and we've got to be understanding of that. You know, your your favorite restaurant is not going to be what it was. It just, it can't be. There's no possible way for that to happen these days. So, yeah, I think just being understanding and following the signage and making sure that you're respectful back to somebody asking you to put on your mask is really important. Um, I know we've talked a lot about how much of a responsibility that is for business owners and restaurant employees. I mean... Nobody wants to go up to someone and say, "Hey, you're not following the rules. Put your mask back on." You know that that's like a very tough place to put people who you know never imagined that they were going to be the ones that needed to enforce this kind of thing in a place where it's all about hospitality and smiling at people and saying hello and all of that. You know, so I do think we have to um, take that responsibility as patrons to just kind of just be nice. You know, just understand that things are different and we're all learning and figuring it out, you know? It's like that that first time you went to the grocery store in the middle of the lockdown, you know? It's like, okay, this is so weird. How do I even do this, you know? It's the same thing as these little businesses, restaurants start to reopen, clunky, and we just figure it out, you know?
1: And I think also understanding that you know, the, the dining experience is going to be changed. You know, I think restaurants that you know, maybe we initially set up as, you know, a fast, casual, uh, quick service format, you know, I think they are at a little bit of an advantage these days because they're used to sort of, you know, serving customers quickly and having them move on and not really having to deal with people lingering in their dining rooms. But, you know, we're seeing a lot of the more sort of fine dining, you know, dining experience, um, restaurants, I think being a little bit slower to reopen. I think it's it must be difficult to negotiate how to offer that, you know, really incredible eating experience while being mindful of everything. And so I think, you know, for, for now, you're not necessarily gonna see like the two, three hour tasting uh, menus. Um, you know, because people are concerned about exposure and everything yeah, like that. So uh, I think just expectations will, will just need to be adjusted.
0: Yeah. Temper them, take them down a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know another thing that we've talked about a lot, Candace, is just on the same breath as the masks, you know, it's hard for restaurant operators, owners, staffers to have to think of this whole new realm that they're dealing with these days. Um and we we saw that in a case, you know, not that long ago. We had um Nolita Hall, which is in Little Italy on India Street. It's been there for a couple years. They reported that one of their employees tested positive for COVID nineteen, and I know you spoke with the owner Douglas Ham, Candace. and I mean that was a really difficult decision to kind of go public with that, and, and pretty pretty meaningful since no other restaurants had really done that.
1: I, I, I'm sure it was a difficult decision, but I think you know it was the absolute right decision. Uh, you know to have that. Transparency with your employees, with your customers. Uh, you know, I'm sure being the first to disclose was, you know, a, a nerve wracking thing. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, they can figure out how to, you know, reset the restaurant. You know, the owner said that everyone is quarantining for the mandatory 14 days and that everyone will be tested before returning to work. Now they're planning on opening at the end of June. Um, So we'll see. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, I'm I'm afraid it it won't be the last restaurant that we hear about.
0: Yeah, I think this will be a really interesting case study just to kind of see, you know, how restaurants are going to handle things like this. Because like you said, they're definitely inevitable. They're going to happen. And just kind of how patrons and people will, will a- adapt or react. You know, um, I know we spoke with Douglas Hamm not too long ago, and he, he talked to us a little bit about how difficult it was to grapple with, with this decision.
1: You have a lot of decisions to make as a business owner because there's no, not everything's concrete. Most of it's, quite frankly, a judgment call and so that's kind of what what i've been grappling with it was a lot of pressure i guess to be the first san diego restaurant to actually go public Um, but i knew it was the right thing to do
0: so candace um, i know you know with with the outbreaks you mentioned um yeah i mean as of Right now, you know, obviously this will change by the time you're able to listen to this. But um, as of right now, you know, there have been 10 outbreaks in San Diego County in seven days. They're talking about outbreaks in community settings. So, you know, places where you're going with people other than the people that are just in your own household. And of course, those community settings are going to include restaurants. I mean, you're you're definitely going out to a place where there are other families, other people.
2: We are seeing community outbreaks at restaurants, restaurants.
0: And, yeah, I mean, right now there are two restaurant uh, outbreaks related to local restaurants. They won't tell us which restaurants those are, um, you know, unless an outbreak becomes a very severe public impact kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's just going to be like another hurdle for the restaurant industry to, to have to you know, adjust safety measures if if that's what's necessary to keep the outbreaks from happening. Um, maybe there'll be a little more tightening of, you know, California restaurant guidelines as we start to see the surge. Um, and I know today on NBC, we had, you know, a, a full report. The surges are expected as, as restaurants, as places begin to reopen. I mean, we begin to have contact with one another again. H- how could there not be a surge really, you know?
1: I think, you know, I think that the takeaway is that, for, for all of us sort of on either side of the the kitchen door, it's, 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 it's a risk. And, you know, hopefully you are being um, measured in your risk-taking and doing everything you can to, you know, um, prohibit any kind of, uh, you know, spread of illness. But I I really think, you know, if, if you're not comfortable yet dining out, then that is perfectly fine. And luckily we have some incredible, I, I can't, tell you how many great takeout meals I've had in the last two months. I mean, restaurants that never offer takeout all all of a sudden, you know, offering it, I've had incredible sushi in in my living room. So uh, I'm grateful that that option still exists, but you know, hopeful that we
0: can get back to some sort of comfortable place. Well, I don't know, sushi in your stretchy pants sounds pretty comfortable to me. (laughs) (laughs) I do hope that we um, are able to get that part of our city back. You know, it's a lot of these places that make communities what they are. You know, they're the flavor of our city. They're what makes our dining scene interesting and unique. And yeah, you just really feel for um, restaurant owners and, and people who, you know, they give the literal flavor to our city. So excited to see them try to spring back. And despite everything that's going on, we're, we're already seeing new
1: restaurants open, um, which is, you know, on one hand, sort of unfathomable, but also sort of a hopeful thing that, um, you know, these restaurant owners are feeling like San Diego is maybe ready, you know, on the cusp of being ready to uh, experience something new and, and support something new
0: definitely I think that'll be the most challenging thing of restaurant owners lives you know trying to start something something fresh in the middle of a pandemic I mean you can't make that up you know <laughs> you really can't well Candice um, does a great job she she keeps us updated with all of these openings across our county every single week um, on Fridays we still get together and we put together our article that is always available on Nbc 7.com and on san diego.eatercom and they these articles, they've got a little bit of everything in them, um, especially for these COVID times. You know, we talk about the restaurants that are opening, restaurants that have sadly closed. You know, we talk about new regulations and, you know, just kind of try to stay on top of these rules that are changing literally by the minute. Um, but we have that available every Friday. And we hope that you will check out some more of these stories and you know, get back out there and just do what makes you comfortable and happy and reminds you why why you live here. You know, so much of our food scene is, is a big draw for people.
1: Thanks, Monica. Thanks, everyone, for listening.